Hello, and welcome back once again for another outstanding episode of the American Idiot Podcast. I'm your host, the American Idiot. Let me first off apologize. I know on my last episode I said I was going to talk about uh, the freedom of speech case and the Supreme Court and Biden's agenda, or Biden's uh, Biden's promises and stuff like that. Uh, something happened, or I actually found out from Anchor that you can only make an episode that normal, or you can only have uh, segments that are like 60, p- 60 minutes long, and I went over that, and by that time I was already getting busy with San Angelo to go, so this will probably be one quick episode. Or I might throw in, because I've been wanting to talk about how the Texas Attorney General sued the city of Austin. So I might throw that in with this, because that has to do with Biden's promises, or his uh, campaign promises. But let me go ahead and get into the uh, the transgenderism piece that I was talking about. Like I said, for uh, President Biden, transgender uh, and their acceptance has been a big part of his, uh, uh, I guess, his promises uh, for his administration. I mean, he has Rachel Levine, who is his, I think, uh, Health and Human Services. I don't, I don't even know what, what, what she is, what she was, uh, what position she took, but she's transgender. And so I heard this uh, at first, I believe, on the Charlie Kirk podcast. I think I might have heard it on uh, Steven Crowder, but it's called Transgender Activist Says Little Girls Are Kinky to Defend Bathroom Invasion. And all that basically has to do with, remember back under Obama, when gender, when transgenderism became a big thing and they were pushing for equal rights and all of this, and Target came out and basically said that their uh, bathrooms were basically transgender friendly. And so everyone was up in arms against Target, Target was going through with it, and then they had the case where there was a transgender female that went in the female's restroom, and that she was, he, she, it was caught doing something inappropriate, and so then they basically went back to saying, oh, you know, our restrooms are male and female only, but basically, to be inclusive to the uh, transgender community, we're going to build, basically, a family restroom in the back. But, so that's kind of why, I guess, having to do with the bathroom invasion, or why they talk about defend bathroom invasion. And I'll get into the whole little girls are kinky part. I have some other stuff that I want to talk about in this, but this is, I guess, from Big League Politics, which is a far-left Twitter page. Uh, And then another one called Women's Voices. Now, that's that's the problem there I have. I have in and of myself. It's a Twitter page called Women's Voices, but they're also including men who think they're women. So is it actually women's voices? But go on. It's promoting uh, a far-left Twitter page called Women's Voices. It's promoting transgenderism and offering the perspective of these severely mentally ill predators who are targeting children for induction into their depraved lifestyle. Now, as you can tell, this is a... Uh, basically, an extremely uh, religious, a um, from a more right-leaning uh, website called DC Swamp Watch. But I still kind of I, I like what it points out, and I like the things that it brings out. 
like for instance, uh, a transgender activist, a Lockvade Menon, said that little girls are kinky to defend the sexualization of young children. And by that, they're talking about, uh, if you can remember, there was the big case here in uh, Texas where a mother thought that her son should be a boy because he liked watching Frozen. I mean, I don't see why he has to be a girl because he likes watching Frozen. I mean, my sons have watched Frozen. My sons liked watching Frozen. My youngest son, who is a boy, and I can tell you he's a boy because he is fascinated with his privates, at one point uh, was running around playing dress-up with his older sister. And, of course, playing dress-up, he's wearing a uh, an Elsa play dress. Does that mean that he actually wants to be a girl because he was playing with his older sister and he was wearing a princess outfit? No, of course not. And you know how I know? Because after a while, he stopped, looked around, and said, I'm not a princess. I'm Enoch. And took the took the dress off and threw it off and went continued playing. Like, nothing was wrong. Because nothing was wrong. But, I mean, I'm not going to get too much into that. But so, Alok Vaidmanen, who is a transgender activist, and I guess a performance artist, like, I looked him up in Wikipedia. I mean, the pictures he has on there are, like, quite awful. I mean, the guy is hideous, and he's covered in hair. So you can obviously tell that he's not a girl. You can tell that he is a man, because he has stubble, and he has body hair worse than I do. But so, he said that little girls are kinky to defend the sexualization of young children. So it's talking about how they're talking about that... If a 10-year-old feels that they should be a boy or a girl or the opposite sex, that they should have the right to go through and have be given puberty blockers and to be have a sex change operation, even if their parents don't consent. Which is kind of insane to me, because if they don't even have the right to go to the store by themselves, why should they have the right to change their sex or to have some major reconstructive surgery? without their parents' consent. I mean, they you, if they're under 18, or even if they are 18, if they're in school, if you want to take them five minutes down the road from school, they have to have, the school has to have parents' permission. So why should the school have to have the parents' permission, but the kid doesn't have to have permission to change his sex because he thinks, they're, they think they're supposed to be the opposite sex. Now, I mean, a 10-year-old, I mean, my 7-year-old daughter she goes back and forth. I mean, she wants cereal. She doesn't want cereal. She wants this. She wants that. She has a boyfriend. She doesn't have a boyfriend. I mean, at that age, they do not know what they want. They do not have the mental capacities to make such a grandiose decision as such as that. Well, let's continue because I'm getting off course. <coughs> These days, the narrative is that transgender people will come into bathrooms and abuse little girls. The supposed purity of the victims has remained stagnant. So what does that mean? What's he mean when he says that the these days the narrative is that transgender people will come into bathrooms and abuse little girls. The supposed purity of the victims has remained stagnant. Basically what he's saying is that there's the narrative of that 
transgender people will come into the bathroom and will sexually abuse a child. Basically, that's what he's saying, is that there's that there's that narrative. And there is that narrative. I mean, that's always been a narrative. But then he puts in, the supposed purity of the victim has remained stagnant. Basically saying, you're basically saying that this little child doesn't want it. That they haven't they haven't been questioned, they haven't been asked if they want this person coming on to them. Which in most cases I can already tell you that they don't. If there's someone creepy in the re- uh, in the restroom, if there's someone creepy around, my daughter does not want to be near him, nor my children. If there's anyone creepy, my my kids do not want to be near them. But so these days the narrative is that transgender people will come into bathrooms and abuse little girls. The supposed purity of the victims has remained stagnant. So basically, he starts off by saying, you know, this is the narrative. Nobody questions if the uh, victim is pure of intentions. And basically, it's always the other person's problem. Seeing as most transgender people are basically over the age of 18 are of an older age. I mean, yeah, they're going to be held accountable because they're older. They should know better. But let's continue. There are no princesses. Little girls are also kinky. Your kids aren't as straight and narrow as you think, he added. So I want I want to hone in on that first part. There are no princesses. So... One, Alok Vaidmanin is already making a stereotype of princesses. He's already assuming that princesses are the uh, Sophia the First type that they can't do anything evil, that they're they're all good, they're all this. And I mean, of course, when a when a daddy says, "Who's my little princess?" he's talking about that. But has Alok Vaidmanin ever heard of Elizabeth Bathory? Now, Elizabeth Bathory was not a princess, but she was basically a lady, which she means she was royalty. If you know about Elizabeth Bathory, then you know that she was a princess, quote-unquote. She was royalty, like a princess, and that she was very dark and depraved. If you don't know about Elizabeth Bathory, you can basically go listen to uh, a podcast called Morbid, where they do an episode over Elizabeth Bathory, or I'll just tell you, uh, back during the medieval ages, there was a, I believe it was actually, she was a countess, her name was Countess Elizabeth Bathory, and I believe she was in Transylvania. Now, she wanted to look young, and she had heard that blood, basically bathing in blood, would keep you young. So, you can figure out where this is going. Elizabeth Bathory started up a, uh, basically, a girls' reform school, and she got, basically, uh, peasant girls that would come, and instead of teaching them how to be a proper lady, she would torture them, she would mutilate them, she would, basically, take their blood, and then she would have it poured into her bath, and she would bathe in it. And when I say mutilate, I mean, there were times where she basically would, I think, basically 
uh, castrate a female. I don't know the other word for it, but basically she would mutilate their genitalia. She would torture them. She would do other stuff like that. The only reason she got caught is because she started doing this with highborn ladies that were more seen, that were more important. And because of that, her reign of terror came to an end after she had killed and murdered 600 little girls. So, getting back to my original point, alongside Minin, princesses can be freaks too. Just go talk to Elizabeth Bathory. She might not like you because you're not an actual little girl, nor are you a girl in the beginning. But so, there are no princesses. I mean, it's just, it's, 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 an, it's an idiotic stereotype that he's making. And I mean, in a world that stereotypes are bad, the fact that he's making a stereotype should have him canceled. But it's not going to because he's transgender. He goes on, little girls are also kinky. I have a huge problem with that phrase right there. Little girls are also kinky. And uh, my question is, Mr. Vade Minin, or Madame Vade Minin, like, how do you know that girls are kinky? I mean, I understand that you're, you're like, a, a transgender female. But, I mean, how do you know in your present self that little girls are kinky? There's only one of three ra- ways that you could actually know that little girls are kinky. And two of them are illegal. And one of them is based on the fact that you're thinking of yourself when you were younger, when you were actually a boy and not a girl. The first two are that you have actually molested a little girl and the fact that she just let it happen, you're thinking that, oh, well, she's actually kind of kinky because of it. Or it's the fact that you got away with molesting a girl and so you think that because you molested a girl or some girls gives you the idea that all girls are like that. Now, the problem is if you sexually molested a girl, a a little girl, by little girl, I mean, like, under the age of, like, 18, you are a pedophile, and you should be arrested and be put on uh, the sexual predator list. And two, just because one person is some way doesn't mean every other little girl is that way. Now, the third one is the one that I want to hit on the most. If you are saying that little girls are kinky, because you as a younger boy, or even if when you were younger you thought you were a girl, because you were kinky and you were into some weird stuff, does not mean that all little girls are kinky. That's like saying that because when I was a little boy, I liked playing football, that all little boys liked playing football. That's not the case. That's like saying that because I, when I was a little boy, I liked watching the Broncos, that means that every little boy likes watching the Broncos. That's just not the case. Now, this also goes into the whole nurture versus nature. If you were like that, that brings up the case of were you nurtured that way or were you naturally like that? Most people are not naturally kinky like that while they're younger. So that means that there was something that you saw in your home life that made you like that. So now you saying that little girls are kinky, there are some little girls out there that are probably kinky like that because of stuff they've seen at home, because they were nurtured the same way that you were. But there are some girls out there, like my daughter, my daughters, who are seven and about to be two, who know 
absolutely nothing about sex, don't even understand what sex is, and that we do not even let them watch anything that has a sex scene in it. We do not even let them watch anything that has a lot of blood in it. So, just because you were like that, if you were a little girl, they admitted, does not mean that every other girl is like that. Okay, but let's let's go on. That's what I have to say about that. Other transgender activists shared their opinions on the page to show exactly how disgusting and reprehensible they are. And you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna basically just start cutting out like like how I just said the how disgusting and reprehensible they are because I just want this to be focused on what they said, not the person that wrote the article and their look at it. I just want to be I want to focus on what they said. So one person wrote, well, I never really believed the cliche about women being good for only one thing. That sentiment kept creeping into my fantasies. It's called forced feminization, transforming the loss of male privilege into the best F ever. Wrote trans-identifying author Julia Serrano. So there are several classic problems with this. So this is Julia Serrano, and she wrote, well, I never really believed the cliche about women being good for only one thing. So she says she doesn't believe it. But then she says that sentiment kept creeping into my fantasies. So, Julia Serrano, you're saying that you fantasize about being used for sex and sex only? You fantasize about basically the opposite of what feminism is fighting for? You fantasize about being good for only one thing. And then you say, oh, it's because of the loss of male privilege. I lost my male privilege, and so now I'm going to act like this so that I can have the best sex ever. So one, you're stating that males have privilege. How is that? Please explain to me how males have privilege. Because if males have privilege, why would you go to the sex that has no privilege just to be controlled by the sex that has privilege. And, you know, I agree. Men do have privilege. Men have the privilege of um, having to work, having the very hard jobs. Men have the privilege of basically getting the same pay as other people but being expected to do the heavier jobs. Men have the privilege of working very, very hard to support families where a lot of the time they will put the needs of their family before they'll put their before they will care about their own needs. So yes, men have privilege. The privilege to put themselves behind their family. So yes, men do have privilege. I agree with you there. And I'm happy to have that privilege. Pornography is what it feels like when you think you have an object. But really, the object has you. It is therefore a quintessential expression of femaleness. Getting effed makes you female because effed is what a female is. Wrote trans-identifying academic Andrea Long Chu. So first, they say, you know, I never really believed the cliche about women being only good for one thing, but I fantasize about it. So I really only want to be worth one thing. And then they say, oh, you know, porn is perfectly acceptable 
because you're an object. And that the object you are is that you're getting effed. And that basically women are nothing but getting effed. So how is this acceptable? I mean, transgender females are basically playing into the narratives that feminism is trying to fight, and it's okay. And then they make this strange quote. Autogenophilia describes the basic structure of all human sexuality. The assimilation of any erotic image is by nature female. To be female is, in every case, to become what someone else wants. At bottom, everyone is a sissy. I don't quite understand that, but I find it kind of crazy that they're turning into women and that they're basically saying that I only want to be used for one thing. They're saying women are basically effed and it's woman and basically if you're a woman the only thing that you're good for is being effed and the basic definition of a woman is getting effed but if a straight man said that it would be hate speech and he would be cancelled and it gets worse than that I think there are a lot of gay men out there who are gay men as a consolation prize because they couldn't be women. That was certainly true of me, wrote trans-identifying author Juno Dawson. So, we've heard to start off with, little girls are also kinky. I never believed the cliche about women being only good for one thing. But women are only good for one thing, and that's what I fantasize about. Pornography is okay because it shows women getting effed, and that's essentially what the definition of a woman is, is getting effed. And then we hear, basically looking at erotic images is by nature female. In every case, uh, a female is what everyone else wants to become, or is what some it becomes what someone else wants. So women are only good to be wanted for sex. That's my understanding of that. If I'm wrong, let me know. And then, and I mean, how is this politically correct to say there are a lot of gay men out there who are gay men as a consolation prize because they could not be women? How is that politically correct? You are now basically saying that gay guys are gay because they couldn't be women. You are now basically being prejudiced against gay men. And you're saying, you know, because I'm a gay guy, and I was a gay guy because that was the consolation prize for me not being able to be a woman, that's the way other, that, that must be the way every other gay man feels. So, there has already been at least two stereotypes in here. There has been prejudice against women. There has been prejudice against gay guys. 
And this is all stuff that gay people are that transgender women wrote. There is something about being treated like crap by a man that feels like affirmation itself, like a cry of delight from the deepest cavern of my breast. To be the victim of honest, undisguised sexism possesses an exhilarating vitality. So this person, who is Grace Lavery, basically just openly said she loves being treated like crap by a man. That that is a cry of delight from the deepest cavern of her breast. To be a victim of honest, undisguised sexism possesses an exhilarating vitality. I'm pretty sure that's not how every other female feels. But thank you for your input, Grace Lavery. Women around the world have been treated as sexual objects. Yet if sexual objectification is so categorically awful, then why do I want it so badly? The idea that being seen as a sex object is universally a bad thing is too simple, like many tenets of feminism. Uh, that's from transgender author Jacob Tobiah. So again, this person, because he wanted to be sexually objectified, or she wanted to be sex sexually objectified, says, if being a sex object is so categorically awful, why do I want it? So he's basically saying, you know, sexual objectification can't be that bad, because if it was bad, I wouldn't want it. So yeah, that's, that is that. Um, I don't really know how I feel about that. I mean, it's pretty crazy that things like this are being said and that Twitter has not censored it and has not taken it off like they took off President Trump. Because, I mean, that is pretty sexist. And the only reason it's still on there is because it's being written by people that are transgender. But so that's that. Tell me what you think about it. Uh, I didn't really think that that was going to take as long as that, which I thought if I wouldn't have put in so much of my two cents worth, it wouldn't have. But like I said, let's go ahead and we're going to go on to Texas yet again. Because I'm from Texas and I'm proud to be from Texas. Just give me a minute to pull up that uh, article real quick. Oop, wait, wrong one. So, Texas AG sues City of Austin for not lifting mask mandate. And basically, to give you some background history on this uh, from Inside Texas, uh, the, we the Tuesday before March the 10th, which March 10th was last Wednesday, Governor Abbott had gone on in Lubbock, and he had basically uh, made a statement saying that he was going to be basically putting out an executive order that basically uh, nerfed all of his previous executive orders pertaining to mask mandates. And so he came out and he said, you know, no more mask mandate. Uh, companies have the, have the decision to open up to 100% if they want to. 
Uh, basically, you don't have to worry about social distancing anymore. But so... Uh, Paxton basically said this, City council leaders must not be thinking clearly. Maybe it's oxygen deprivation from the quintuple masking. Whatever the case, they tried this before they lost. Travis County and Austin have a few hours to comply with state law or I will sue them and they'll lose again. And I'm going to try to look up uh, exactly what this is. So this is exactly what the letter that Ken Paxton sent. He sent it to the Honorable Andy Brown, Travis County Judge, the Honorable Steve Adler, Mayor, City of Austin, Judge Brown and Mayor Adler. Over the past 24 hours, Travis County and the City of Austin officials announced that local orders requiring individuals to wear face masks while outside their home will continue unabated. Despite the issuance of Governor Abbott's Executive Orders GA-34, which states that as of today, no person may be required to, by any jurisdiction to wear or to mandate the wearing of a face mask or a face covering. Additionally, there are no COVID-19 related operating limits for any businesses or other establishments. And local officials may not impose any such limits unless certain conditions are met under Department of State Health Service guidelines. In short, GA-34 has the force and effect of state law and supersedes local rules and regulations. Thank you, Ken Paxton. What I have said time and time again is that if the government, if the governor said it's done, nowhere has the right to say to impose anything any longer. The decision to require masks or otherwise impose COVID-19 related operating limits is expressly reserved to private businesses on their own premises. It does not rest with jurisdictions like the County of Austin or Travis County or their local health authorities, nor do they have the authority to threaten fines for noncompliance. We have already taken you to court under similar circumstances. You lost. If you continue to flout the law in this manner, we'll take you to court again and you will lose again. To that end, you and your local health authorities until have until 6 p.m. today to resend my local mask to resend any local mask mandates or business operating restrictions, retract any related public statements and come into full compliance with GA34. Otherwise, on behalf of the state of Texas, I will sue you for liberty and justice in Texas. Ken Paxton, Attorney General of Texas. I love this man. I love this man. Not only because he had the gumption to file a suit against Pennsylvania that most of the country then filed or basically took part in, but because he came and he went to the uh, capital city of the Texas state, Austin, and told them, Look, the mask mandate and all COVID-19 restrictions have been lifted by the governor. Local authorities do not have the power to keep them in place. So, get rid of them. Get rid of any public mandates. Get rid of anything that has said anything like it, or I'll sue you. And if you think about going into this suit, you lost once before. 
you'll lose again. And then, just because of the for liberty and justice in Texas. And I love how he especially said that they left it to private businesses. Yes, I do not like that Walmart has that authority to do so, but that is their liberty. Now, as a customer, I do not wear a mask in because they can no longer force me to, and they never have been forcing me to. But as an associate, I am still wearing it because I represent the Walmart brand, however much I dislike it because of that mask. But so, Ken Paxton threatened to sue them if they did not comply. And yet again, thank God for that man. I love that man to death because of that. So I went digging real quick, and I found a Texas Tribune uh, article over this. Uh, it's called, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxson sues Austin to stop it from imposing a local mask order. Texas mask mandate was lifted this week, and Governor Greg Abbott has ordered that no jurisdiction can implement a local one if coronavirus hospitalizations don't meet a certain metric, which it gets to that later on. And then it goes, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxson is suing Travis County and Austin officials in an effort to force them to rescind their local mask orders, he announced Thursday. I told Travis County and the city of Austin to comply with state mask law, Paxson tweeted, they blew me off, so once again, I'm dragging them to court. Texas on Wednesday lifted nearly all coronavirus restrictions, including Governor Greg Abbott's statewide mask mandate and occupancy restrictions. Abbott's order said that no jurisdiction can require a person to wear a mask in public if the area doesn't meet a certain number hospitalizations for the coronavirus. But Austin and Travis County health officials have said they will continue to enforce the safety protocols setting the stage for yet another fight over pandemic response between state and local officials. And later on, they go on exactly about uh, what Ken Paxton had sued over, I guess, uh, last year. Uh, Travis County Judge Brown and I will fight to defend and enforce our local health official rules for as long as possible using all the power and tools available to us, Austin Mayor Steve Adler said Thursday in a statement. We promise to be guided by doctors, science, and data as concerns the pandemic, and we do everything we can to keep that promise. Okay. You know, that sounds very, very grand and noble to say that we promised to be guided by doctors, science, and data as concerns the pandemic. Sounds very noble, but what's the problem? The problem is, is that science has shown that the mask does nothing to protect you from the uh, from uh, COVID-19 does nothing. If anything, it heightens your chances of getting COVID-19 or of getting other real uh, other diseases, other sicknesses. Uh, there was one uh, one post on Facebook that I saw from a lady that was told that she had coronavirus, and she never she started not she didn't get start getting better. She went back to the hospital, and they found out that she had gotten Legionnaire's disease from wearing her mask every day. And a lot of it has to do with the, ma the fact that you cannot properly breathe and the fact that if you're wearing, like, a cloth mask or any type of mask, you're breathing in and breathing out, so you have your breath and other things that are dampening that mask, 
which then makes it the perfect home for all sorts of bacteria. So the science isn't behind it. When they say science, they're talking about Dr. Fauci and his wishy-washy, masks are good, masks are bad, double masks is better, 342,000.5562 masks is even better. And they talk about the CDC, where at one point the CDC said that masks were not good. And then they swapped, turned around and said, you know, masks are actually great. Everyone, the CDC, the WHO, Dr. Fauci, all of these very important people have all gone at one point and said, masks are not good. If you're a healthy person, don't wear a mask. And then it said, no, masks are good, masks are great. Even if you're healthy, wear the mask. And then the vaccine came out. And guess what? At first it was, you know, when you get the vaccine, you're not going to have to worry about wearing your mask. You're not going to have to worry about uh, doing this or that. And then if you get your vaccine and you've still got to wear a mask, you've still got to social distance. Oh, and by the way, you still can get coronavirus if you've gotten the vaccine. So, you know, yeah, it's great and all that they're trying to protect their people, but the best thing for their economy and for their people is to give them the liberty to choose if they want to wear a mask or not. I mean, again, science has shown that the most uh, affected age group is those that are like 65 and older. Children are very rarely affected. Like 20s and 30s, very rarely affected. You start seeing the higher um, mortality rate in 65 and older. You know, kind of like the ages that would be in nursing homes, like what happened with Cuomo and uh, uh, what Gretchen Whitmer in New York and Michigan, which now both are suffering consequences, where I've read that Gretchen Whitmer could actually be sued and charged over what she, ch- what she did. And Cuomo is, could possibly be charged, although he's most likely going to get off with it, because of all of the uh, now sexual assault and sexual harassment stuff that has come out. Travis County Judge Andy Brown, who presides over the county county government, blamed Paxton for once again failing to make the health of our community his priority. That's not even true. Not wearing a mask, you have a better chance of not getting sick. You're not going to have to worry about getting Legionnaire disease, and I don't know where it is, you can literally look up in Google, or probably not in Google, they're probably going to have hit it by now, but just go to Bean, go somewhere, and search uh, for basically masks and the Spanish flu. Dr. Fauci did a study on the Spanish flu and the people wearing masks, and guess what he found out? His study showed that most of the people that had Spanish flu did not die from Spanish flu, but died from pneumonia or died from other things that came about from them wearing the mask. So, again, Greg Abbott is doing what's best for the community, doing what's best for the country by opening up the economy leaving uh, the wearing of masks and uh, mask mandates and whatnot up to private companies who choose to keep them and saying, you know, if it gets bad again, then local governments have the right 
to impose restrictions again. The problem is, is that Austin and Travis County are wanting to keep them in post even though they're not meeting the qualifications. Brown continued to say, I will continue to listen to our public health authority, medical professionals, and the CDC who have consistently said masks save lives. Again, the CDC also said that masks aren't necessary, and they have gone back and forth on that dozens of times. Paxton on Wednesday gave the city and county leaders an ultimatum. Rescind the local orders by 6 p.m. Otherwise, on behalf of the state of Texas, I will sue you. Local officials refuse to back down. Abbott's order defines areas with high hospitalizations as places where the proportion of patients hospitalized with COVID-19 exceeds 15% in those places. Local officials may issue certain restrictions but can't impose a penalty of any kind for violating a mask mandate, the order says. Less than 6% of hospital beds in Austin's trauma service area are currently occupied by COVID-19 patients. There have been more than 2,200 confirmed cases of the coronavirus in Travis County in the past two weeks, and I highly doubt that. 2,200 in the past two weeks? More than 890 people have died there since the pandemic began. Illness and deaths in the pandemic have disproportionately affected people of color statewide. How does that have anything to do with it? Why did you bring color into it? No one had said anything about color. It had only been about rescinding the mask mandate, rescinding all of the coronavirus uh, uh, executive orders, and they bring up that uh, disproportionately affected people of color statewide. Can you tell me why they had to bring that up? Brown said the authority to impose the local mask mandates comes from the county's county health, health authority, not from Brown's emergency powers. Brown told the Texas Tribune on Wednesday that means that the order should hold up in court. Okay, let me see if I have this right. So Brown said the authority to impose a local mask mandate comes from the county health authority not from Brown's emergency powers. Okay, so... If they were given their powers, just like you, from the executive orders that Governor Abbott made, then if he gets rid of that, he then is taking away their emergency powers, and he's taking away your emergency powers... So they, therefore, no, no longer have the authority to do that. I mean, if there was no actual reason for that mask mandate, and if we had not had coronavirus and they just randomly wanted to make a mask mandate, you're saying that they would have that authority. You're saying that they have that much authority that they can just tell people to wear masks, although there's no valid reason. I don't think so. And I don't think it'll hold up in court. I listen to doctors, not to politicians, like our Attorney General. The Attorney General is doing his job. He sees someone that is breaking the law, 
and therefore he is acting upon his sworn duty to sue the people that are breaking the law to bring them inside, basically make to make them obedient to the law. So he's not listening to politicians, he's just doing his job. But nice personal attack, Mr. Brown. The lawsuit is the latest in a series of legal fights over the governor's power during a public health crisis. Paxton's office successfully defeated an effort by Travis and Austin officials to restrict in-person dining at restaurants around New Year's. And in El Paso, Paxton won a battle last November against County Judge Ricardo Samaniego, who had tried to order a temporary shutdown of non-essential businesses. Okay. So one judge has already tried testing Paxton, and he lost. So now, and you already lost once before, Judge Brown, and now you're going to challenge him again. You're now going to challenge him again. You've already lost once, so it's most likely not going to hold up in court. Last week, Abbott announced that Texas was 100% open. He was lifting the mask mandate first imposed during a wave of COVID-19 cases last summer, and allowing every business, including bars, restaurants, retail stores, and sports stadiums, to operate at full capacity. The decision drew sharp criticism from a number of local leaders, including Harris County Judge Lena Hidalgo and Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner. Rock, Round Rock joined Austin in requiring masks until April 29th, other cities, including Houston and San Antonio, have continued to require people to wear masks in city buildings. Okay. So obviously, Round Rock is going to get sued, just like Austin is, if they're so remi- uh, if they're requiring masks until April 29th. And I mean, wearing masks inside buildings. I mean, if he'd said no, that they cannot force people to wear them in public, city buildings are public. So, therefore, that shouldn't count either. Oh, and then there, there's, this, there's this juicy piece right here. Steve Adler, a former Tribune board chair, has been a financial supporter of the Texas Tribune, a nonprofit, nonpartisan news organization that is funded in part by donations from members, foundations, and corporate sponsors. I wonder who is a corporate sponsor and who donates to them. So it's funny that they would post on this. I want to look up what Steve Adler looks like, because I know there was uh, one of them that, although he had basically had a, basically a stay-at-home order in, uh, in effect, that he had gone... To Mexico for a wedding. I don't remember if it was Steve Adler or if it might have been the one from Houston. It was Steve Adler. So, so this just makes this even more hypocritical. Is that while there was a stay-at-home order for his people, he went to a wedding in Mexico, although he had put a state, a stay-at-home order 
in place. So obviously, kind of like Nancy Pelosi and kind of like uh, Joe Biden and kind of like any other Democrat, this virus is not near as deadly as they say they are because if it was, they would not be breaking stay-at-home orders to go bouncing about and do whatever they want to do. So, I hope when it actually gets to court, that the court, whoever it is, shuts down Austin and Judge Brown because the state government has put an executive order in place that is nullifying all of the other ones, and therefore, that is the law. Local government does not have more power than the state government, just like the federal government does not have more power than the state government. The state government is the highest form of authority in the state. But, yeah, I wanted to look that up. I wanted to bring you some more about what was going on. Uh, I haven't heard anything further from that. Uh, When I hear more, I will let you know. But, uh, yeah, once again, thank you for coming back. Thank you for listening. Remember that I do now have an email, theamericanidiotp at yahoo.com. Feel free to send me something there. Feel free to let me know what you're thinking. Feel free to give me any kind of information that you want. Uh, Thanks for dropping by. And once again, this is the American Idiot signing off. You have a great day. Hey, guys, I know I had ended the episode, but I remembered something. Uh, The last time that I had done this, uh, the last time that I had done the transgenderism part, I just wanted to go out there and say that not all transgender people are like the radicals. Like, the stuff that I read, that's the radicals. Like, what's going on with Rachel Levine, that is the radical part. There are some people in the uh, community that do not even know what's going on. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you something real quick. Uh, it's a uh, podcast that is done by Dan Crenshaw. He is a representative from here in Texas. Give me a moment. He had a guest that was actually talking about this. Uh, oh, i got to go down here. Hold on, let me find it. It's uh, the March 4th episode, Let's Talk About Transgenderism with Scott Nugent. And that is Dan Crenshaw's podcast, which is called Hold These Truths with Dan Crenshaw. Go listen to it. It brings out a lot of stuff that I had not heard about. But that's all I wanted to say. Y'all have a